Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, we are sharing our minimalist lifestyle tips to inspire you to further simplify your life and help you identify the areas of excess that may be getting in your way. For us, building and maintaining healthy habits each day has enabled us to maintain our minimalist lifestyles, and together we share our tips to help you achieve all the great benefits that come with living with less. Specifically, we dive into some of the tiny changes that you can make today to help you de-stress, save money, save time, feel greater focus, and live more. Whether you are just adopting this lifestyle or maintaining a minimalist lifestyle and you want to learn more about how to simplify your everyday, this conversation is for you. Together, let's keep inspired to live more with less. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kelly. So, so good to see you. I always love our one-on-ones. They are the best. So last week, as you know, we released an episode where I shared our listeners' minimalist lifestyle stories. And considering some of our listeners shared their minimalist lifestyle tips, as well as their systems, today I'm excited for us to share a refresher on some of our minimalist lifestyle tips that help us maintain a simple and intentional life. And today we're specifically focusing on how this lifestyle helps us de-stress, save money, save space, it helps us gain time back, feel greater focus and calm, and how this lifestyle helps us live more. And before I go into it all, I just want to remind everyone that this lifestyle is imperfect. I've said it many times before, but I like to reinforce that. And, you know, we are imperfect, Lauren, but we try our best with this lifestyle. As most of you know, living with intention requires constant maintenance. And, you know, I recently had someone write me, Lauren, saying, you know, I'm so envious of you. You have it all figured out. (laughs) And I started laughing inside because I can assure you, I can assure all of you that I don't, my life is imperfect, but I have to say that living a minimalist lifestyle helps me feel a sense of contentment and helps me feel at peace with where I am today and where I'm going. And we always say to each other, Lauren's like, wow, had we not lived this lifestyle, like, wow, we would be so stressed all the time. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, I still stress, we still stress, but I'd say that I stress less, you know, I admittedly, I still find items in my home that I don't need, but almost all of my possessions are needs and I still deal with mental clutter each day, but it's much easier for me to work through my emotions because of this lifestyle. So, yeah, I remember you called me and you're like, someone wrote to us saying that our lives are so perfect. And I'm like, you, I just burst out laughing (laughs) because they are so far from that. And I assure you owning less mugs does not exempt you from the miseries of life. Like everyone has their own problems and everything that they're dealing with. Yes, you know, we have figured out a way to own less stuff and to find happiness within that. But I I assure you, we're still struggling with a number of different areas of our lives. So yeah. And and that's why I want to start this episode by saying that, because we're going to go into a lot of our minimalist lifestyle tips that have really helped us live with greater intention and helped us live simply. But again, we're not perfect. We make mistakes sometimes. And that's the purpose of this episode is to share advice, but also share our own experiences and our own struggles so that you don't feel like you're alone. 
And I like to also remind everyone that this lifestyle is about adopting a simple and intentional mindset and then building on positive habits that enable us to feel good, live intentionally, and have the time to focus on what's most important. And today we'll each touch on helpful tips and habits, including Lauren's systems, that we have each adopted to help us maintain this lifestyle. And we'll also identify the areas, even the tiny areas that may be getting in your way. And one of the areas that I wanted to start with is how this lifestyle really helps us de-stress. You know, having less stuff obviously helps us feel less stressed because there's less to look at, less to deal with, which helps us clear our minds and all that. But I know, Lauren, that you have systems that you follow that help you de-stress every day. And I'm so curious. Yeah. So I I actually got asked like kind of how I came up with my systems and when I started using systems. And I thought back to when I was in university and I used it as a study system. Like I kind of figured out what days I was going to study for what courses and when I had my classes and when I was going to write essays. And then I, I loved having a system. It made my life so much easier so that I, I used that when I struggled in other areas like cooking or getting dressed or setting goals and creating these systems is what allowed me to be successful in those areas. And, you know, I always say with the closet or with your meals, you don't have to be a fashionista. You don't have to be a chef to cook well. You just got to master a few recipes and like master a few outfits and just make those and wear those on rotation. It'll make your life so much easier. And other people will think that you have it all figured out, but really you just have a few outfits in your closet. And same with goal systems. So I always just try to work on something small every day to work out a goal. And if you have not signed up for James Clear's newsletter, I highly recommend doing it. We get it every Thursday. Kelly and I are actually recording this right now on a Thursday. And I'm like excited to get this in my inbox. Wow, interesting. It helps you de-stress? It really, he just gives, it's so wise. Like it's so much wisdom jam-packed in one email. But one of the quotes was, the days can be easy if the years are consistent. You can write a book, get in shape, or code a piece of software in 30 minutes a day. But the key is you can't miss a bunch of days. Mm. So it's just being consistent with those systems. There was also a girl named, well, she's called on Instagram at Nurse Headley. I read her book. It's called The In-Between. She's actually a hospice nurse, but she just gives a lot of wisdom that people talk about at the end of their lives. Mm. And one of the things she said that one of her patients said, again, her Instagram is at Nurse Headley is that they were like, oh, I, I wish I would have done this big dream. So I'm always so mindful of that. It's that, yeah, okay, it, it could take five years or, or however long, but had I had started five years ago, like mm-hmm. I, I'd be so much closer. So it's these little systems that, you know, trying a new recipe, taking an hour or two on the weekend, piecing together a few outfits, setting those goals and figuring out the little things that you need to do every day, which are so doable and attainable, and then just being consistent with them. So mm-hmm. my number one thing that helps me with this lifestyle is having systems in place that I, I'm able to be consistent with and make my life so much easier. 
Absolutely. You know, I was thinking the other day, I think we've all been here in these situations where we think to ourselves, oh, I really want to pursue X, pursue this course to learn another language. Maybe I want to start my own business on the side. And then you don't. And then three years later, you start thinking about the same thing. You're like, wow, had I started three years prior, I could have had something built by now. And so if you do have that itch, maybe it is worth going after it now. And it's definitely not too late. Maybe you thought about it three years ago, but now maybe it's a better time. And yeah, I have something to say to that because it's amazing. I will, Kelly, will put this in the show notes. It's a really good Instagram reel. And the guy says, and it's Brian S. Ellis. He was one of the 30 under 30 for Forbes, but he's like, as soon as you get an idea, whether it's a book idea, movie idea, business idea, product idea, the clock starts ticking and you only have so long to start to work on that idea before it's up and you've convinced yourself to not do it. And every single time you start to work on it, you gain a little bit of time. And if you go too long, then the time runs out. So it's like, if you have an idea, you have to get started on it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like what you said, you know, it's like you come up with something and you look back, it's like, oh, I actually could have done that. Or someone else did it. Yeah. Or someone else did it, <laughs> but you're, there's always going to be competition. The way you do it is going to be different and resonate with people differently. So there you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, if it weren't for, for example, if they weren't for Red Bull, there would be no rock star. Not that I drink those drinks, yeah. but uh, that's, that's how it worked. You know, Rockstar was inspired by Red Bull. So there you go. go. Even it was about a year ago, I was on vacation reading two weeks notice by the pool. It's about creating digital courses. And I was like, I'm going to make a closet course. And I like immediately went home and got out my laptop and my boyfriend was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have an idea. And you made it work. I did. And here it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you got to get started because otherwise you'll just convince yourself. There were so many times I'm like, well, maybe this isn't a good idea, but I'm like, no, you got to keep working on it. It is. And again, you know, you're talking about goals and the system for your goals and having an understanding of what your long-term goal is and setting, setting a precedent for the weekly things that you need to get done helps you mentally know that, okay, today is Wednesday and I'm going to go and focus on this, which helps you feel more clear-minded. You feel less stressed. You're like, oh, maybe I should be working on something else. You're not thinking that way because you know what you need to be working on because you do have this goal in mind. I think a lot of us, we're like, we feel guilty or we feel stressed because we've got so much, but it's like step back and figure out what you really, really want to focus on. And admittedly, I'm kind of in that situation right now. You know, I've, I've got a full-time job. I'm also doing the podcast. And then I also have this new business idea. And in order to focus more on this business idea, I'm going to have to step back a little bit from podcasting ways and also my full-time job. And it's hard, you know, I want to do it all and I want to give everything a hundred percent, but sometimes you need to bring on more people to help you with things. And I'm working through the motions right now to figure it out. And admittedly, you know, my life is so peaceful and I feel this level of contentment, as I said, each day, it's beautiful, but I've also come to the realization that, man, all of these systems I have in place are so vital to my health right now because I'm overworking myself and I have too much on the go. And recently it's affected my health. And so now I'm trying to be more mindful of that and being smarter about the things that I focus on and trying to prioritize my life a little bit better. Yeah, no, for sure. It can get super over overwhelming. Yeah. And 
one of the things, areas I was thinking about was like, okay, I've got a lot on the go, you know, with inflation, everything's so expensive right now. And I was like, okay, so how do I manage this fear? And I thought about it. Well, I'm already managing it. You know, this lifestyle inspires you to save money in many, many ways. You know, I've been able to cut so many of my unnecessary expenses. You know, I recently reviewed my auto payments over the Christmas season while I was doing my taxes and I got rid of a couple and I was like, wow, I'm going to save money here and here. You know, I've started to eat meals at home more. I'm cooking more. I'm saving more money on groceries. And these are just some tips that I have. And I also removed a credit card that I didn't need. You know, I don't need more than one credit card. I've realized I'm like, why am I paying for this credit card when I'm not using it? And I've learned to shop with a list because when I don't shop with a list, I do end up buying extra things that I either already have in my place because I hadn't looked at what I already own or I just buy extra things that I don't actually want to use or, or eat or consume. And another area that I recommend is keep a budget for things like your food, your toiletries, clothes, other necessities, as well as your wants. Keep a budget. I know you have a budget, Lauren, or have an expense tracker to keep on top of where that money is going. I recommended the Zero app a couple of weeks ago in our episode, Declutter Your Life in 2024. There's other apps like Mint, QuickBooks, and Good Budget as well. So you'll be able to categorize where your money's going. So by the end of each month, you'll see where is my money going and where can I cut down on expenses? And in our last episode, we had a couple of listeners talk about how they challenged themselves to do a no-buy month or a no-buy year. And I was really impressed. That's really great. I know you remember me back in 2020, Lauren. I only bought two items. I mean, it was easier because it was a pandemic, but yeah. you know, I just, I just didn't feel the need to buy a lot of things. And I realized I just don't need a lot of things. Something else I recommend is if you find that your bills are a little high, call your providers, call your phone company, call your internet company and ask them for a better plan because yeah, most likely they'll be able to, especially if you say you're going to go with another provider. <laughs> that always works. So those are so some true. ideas I have to save money. And you know, when you save money, if you have some financial fears, that'll also obviously help you feel less stressed each day when you have a better handle of how much money is going out. Yeah. Those are great tips. I love them. And even with a budget, I feel like you can make a rough budget too. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's approximately how much you want to spend on entertainment. And maybe you like go over one weekend because you get tickets or like go to a fancier dinner. So maybe the next weekend you do something that's not as expensive or, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have a rough idea of your bills and, you know, the extra money for things that you want to spend on. So yeah, having that kind of rough idea in your mind will like keep you more intact, even if you don't want to like be writing down every single cent that you spend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my brother, he's amazing. He, he writes down everything. I'm like, gosh, oh, how do you do that? I, I just used put to do that. It helped me create the rough budget though. Like even just from getting into the habit of doing that, you're like, oh wow. Like these things really add up. My dad writes down everything that he spends. Wow. It's so cute when I like, will come home and I'll see him in his little notebook writing stuff down. That's adorable. I'm like, I get this from you. Um, yeah, a few things, like you said, I, I do try to plan my meals in my notes section on my phone. I have a title that says meals and I have breakfast, lunches, and dinners. And then I have meals that I want to try. Like if I see a recipe that I want to try, I'll 
put it on the to try section. And then I have a retired section. So recipes that I get really sick of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it just kind of helps me be consistent, especially with ingredients. I don't know if you find if you want to try a new recipe, you have to go out and spend like $100 on ingredients. So I know. It's unbelievable. It, being more consistent with meals will help you be more consistent with the ingredients you need in your fridge and your cupboard, and then you're using them up so that they don't expire more. So that's one thing I do. I had a bunch of people message me on Instagram asking what the meals were too. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you have your meals on rotation. It's smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll like try new ones and get rid of them. Like it's always like a work in progress, but it just keeps it simple for me, especially if when I need to figure out what to make that week. Another thing you know, I did this years ago, but when I moved in to my place before I lived with my boyfriend, I decorated it once and then I left it. I did not change one thing. I don't think for six years, like maybe I changed a flower, <laughs> like a mm-hmm. fresh flower, but virtually from the day I moved in to the day I left, I didn't really make any decorating changes. So kind of decorating your place once and being happy and leaving it, you know, creating those outfits and then kind of being done with your closet. This stops you from always, you know, browsing home decor and browsing, being at the mall, looking at clothes. Like you, you feel like it's done. I like it. I'm going to go do other things with my time. So that really helps me not buy too much. And Kelly and I have said this so many times, have that want list or need list of stuff. You know, if you're in your closet and you're like, I need a blazer or I need a spring jacket or you're in the kitchen, you're like, I need a garlic press. Having that list when you go out shopping instead of buying random stuff you don't need, maybe reference that list of stuff that you've realized that you do actually need. So Mm -hmm. just maintaining that list and being consistent with it. And then it stops you from impulse buying and makes you realize what you do actually need. Yeah. And, and do an audit of the things that are in your kitchen and in your closet and, and keep editing your life. For me, even over the, the break, the holiday break, I, I looked at my kitchen supplies. So I keep all of the supplies that I use on a daily basis out or a weekly basis and everything else is hidden in a little box underneath my kitchen sink. So those are the extras, you know, the ladle. I don't have a lot of soup all the time. So the ladle's in there. Also, uh, I have a can opener in there. I rarely need to use a can opener. So that's in there. So these aren't out on display in my drawers every day. So, and I, and I do that because again, I don't need to use them on a daily basis, but also I realizing going through that box and I came home with a bunch of stuff from my stocking this year and I got duplicates. And I wouldn't have brought it home had I done an audit of my place. I should have looked and seen what I had. I had kitchen supplies, accessories that I received over Christmas that I don't need. And so now I have to go let them go, donate them or whatever, because I know I don't want two of things. So there you go. There's an example. Sometimes I find duplicates on my home. And sometimes, I mean, I did find a couple of things that I, I just haven't used in a while. And so again, this lifestyle is imperfect. So you have to continually, continually work at it. But yeah, it just makes your life so much more simpler and more organized. And this brings us into the next section where we talk about how this lifestyle really helps us save space and also keep organized. So I always suggest that you should keep only what you use and love 
And you made the suggestion, Lauren, that people go around each room in their home and ask themselves, what am I not using in this space? And what can I remove or sell or donate? Um, you know, and are there excess papers, newspapers, magazines, or other items that I can quickly recycle or get rid of today? You know, sometimes there's easy things that are laying around that you could get rid of that would just make you feel a sense of relief and freedom because maybe you have stacks of paper everywhere, right? So you never know, but that's an easy thing to get rid of on the spot. And I, I, I love this because I used to live in an apartment that wasn't very intentional. I just thought people have a family room full of this stuff. People have fridges full of magnets. People have a ton of carpets everywhere. So that's what I did. It was a learned behavior. And I started getting rid of them. And you removed a couple of things off of shelves. And I was like, oh my gosh, the shelf looks so much better bare. <laughs> it's amazing um, how just like removing a pot like, can just make it yeah. look so much better. It's crazy. It like yeah. literally like takes it out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some people don't realize, but sometimes candles can get old. So light them before they get old. And some Enjoy of them, them will just collect dust, you know, a candle that's just full of dust. It's just been yeah. sitting there, you know, get rid of it. If you're not using it, remove it, get rid of extras that you don't need. I like to say, so things that I see as extras or extra mats. I've talked about this before carpets around the house that actually make it more time consuming to clean, you know, the mat under your kitchen sink, mat by the front door, mat below the bathroom sink. Also magnets on the fridge, as I mentioned, you know, decorative accessories or trinkets that are sitting on shelves or side tables that are collecting dust. Do an audit of your home. Look around and see if you have any any things like that, that you're like, maybe don't need this. Maybe that rug that's laying on your floor that's getting dirty all the time is not a necessity, especially if you have slippers. You know, maybe some people, they don't want to be on hard floors, but wear some slippers. It just, it makes it so much easier to clean. That's, that's the thing with me. I'm like, ah, it's so easy to clean my bathroom because I don't have all these carpets laying around you know the toilet right under the yeah. sink etc so yeah oh, I feel like those bathroom rugs can be so dirty <laughs> oh so dirty <laughs> growing up I'd be like oh this rug is so especially if you have pets oh anyways yeah. just hair just collects everything I need I see the point of having one right at your front door if you have children or if you, you live in a climate where it's rainy all the time or it's snowy like it is here but I seem to just wipe off my boots outside before I come in as much as I can. Yeah, and then I put smart. it on. Yeah, I do have a, a boot mat, but I stick it in my closet. So it's not out in the open for everyone to look at. You know? Yeah, I like that. It's not out on display. And this goes into the idea of, you know, keep your surfaces and your floors clear. For example, keep your kitchen countertop and bathroom counters as clear as you can. And actually it was you, Lauren, who taught me this. <laughs> Uh, I remember the first time coming to your house and I went to your bathroom and I was like, wow, there is nothing out. And then I quickly looked under your sink because I was like, it's got to be on and all under here. And there was like a toothbrush laying out, toothpaste <laughs> laying out, one little mirror and a face towel. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I remember a girl came over because I had a pool in my building and she brought her friend and her friend was like going through all of my drawers being like, where do you have everything shoved? I'm like, I don't have anything. <laughs> it's That's, all empty. <laughs> it's incredible. So my my tip is keep everything out that maybe you use on a daily basis, but if you don't, you should hide it in a cupboard. It doesn't need to be on display. And I've mentioned this before. I I keep two things on my on my counter in my kitchen and that is my beast blender. It's a minimalist blender. 
not a partner, but it's the best blender. And Nespresso, I have an espresso maker. And those are the only two things that sit out. And then in my bathroom, I don't have anything sitting out but the soap and my electric toothbrush, unfortunately, because it does not fit in my cupboard. I wish it did, but it's on display because I use it every day, maybe five times a day, which is brushing too much. But you know me, Lauren. Yeah. No, it's such a good tip though, to keep the stuff that you use most of the time at easy access. Mm -hmm. And then even with my products, like I don't paint my nails every day or use spray tan every day. Like that stuff's more tucked in the back. It's like you want easily reachable stuff that you use on a day-to-day basis. It makes your life a lot easier. Another thing I do, this isn't as much with physical items, but I try to pair things together. So Mm. like instead of having this cluttered calendar where it's like pay your credit card bill, check the mail, do the laundry, get groceries. I just try to pair things together. Like I always pay my bills on the first and the 15th of every month on Sundays. I get groceries, do the laundry, check the mail. You know, I, they're like, Oh, you have to read every day. I'm like, okay, well I'll read when I have coffee. And yeah. And with meditation, I've said this in the podcast in the past, I, I can't sit and meditate. Like it's just one more thing I have to add to my life, even though I've tried and I've gotten a bit consistent sometimes, but I always fall off. One thing I've been doing though, is I listen to Eckhart Tolle's YouTube channel while I'm getting ready in the morning. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Hmm, this I can do. I'm like, I don't have to like stop and focus on it completely. I can just passively listen to it while I'm like putting on my makeup. But And then it, it brings me so much peace to the day because I remember little quotes he said or or things he said, if you haven't heard of him, he's one of the biggest spiritual leaders, but he has a podcast. He has a YouTube channel. He has a really great books. One of his books is A New Earth. I read it. I highly recommend listening to the podcast where Oprah interviews him on every single chapter, but while you're reading the book, but it's just these little things like pairing them together stops me from having to think about them. It's just like, oh, it's the first of the month, pay your credit card bill. Oh, it's Sunday, put a load of wash in. Oh, you're brushing your teeth, put on Eckhart Tolle so that you remember to be present today without having to like brush my teeth and then sit on the floor and meditate. (laughs) Yeah. You have a system in place. That's really, really great. And also having a clear home helps you maintain that system, right? Yeah. You you have a routine. Your place, I know you live with your boyfriend or your fiance now. Yeah, and, my fiance. And it's just, it's just very clean and clear. And so it's easier for you to be mindful of what you need to do when you wake up in that day. There's nothing cluttered in your home. There's nothing getting in your way. I know there's a few items that you don't love. Yeah. <laughs> but that <laughs> comes with living with someone else and you have to compromise. But I, I I wanted to add on to the idea of, you know, having saving space and keeping organized. You know, for me, I, I definitely recommend only keeping out the utensils and the and the everything in your kitchen that you really need. If you are two people, maybe only have a couple sets. If you're four people, maybe you'll have more than a couple sets. And if you don't entertain that often, you don't need that many utensils and cups and plates and whatnot. So it's just being on top of that. So I only have a couple sets and then I store the rest. So don't have things out that you're not using often. So you don't need to look at it, right? Just like your clothes, Lauren, store your off-season wear and put it in storage bins so that you don't have to look at your Halloween costume in the middle of the summer. Yeah, so true. And also have a home for everything. Someone also mentioned this in the last episode when they shared their minimalist lifestyle story. It makes it so much easier. I know you have a home for everything. When you go into your home, you know where to put your keys, you know where to put your bag. 
things like that are really, really helpful so that you're not spending a lot of time every day searching and looking for things. And you have an everything box. I've started to create a little everything box. It's a little basket in my kitchen. And I have my bullet journal in there, my podcast cords, my pens, important mail, gift cards, just the extras. It's like, you know, the miscellaneous items. You have that miscellaneous box. And I've just incorporated a donation bin in my house so that if I do have things that I need to donate, I just put it in that bin, which has been super, super helpful. I used to just be like, oh yeah, this stuff I want to donate this stuff. And now I actually have it in a bin. So it's easier for me to just be like, okay, now it's full and I need to go donate it. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. Even with the closet, we'll like put on a top and be like, oh, I hate this or it doesn't fit. And we'll be like, I'll just put it back in the closet. It's so (laughs) nice to just have something where you can put it in there. And then once it fills up, you can take it in for donation. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I I forgot to mention earlier, but I'd like to reference a couple past episodes for our listeners. If you want to learn more about how to save money, we talked about at the top of this podcast, definitely check out episode 142 called Break the Twitch with Anthony Ongaro. He taught this is a fellow minimalist thought leader. He talks about how he had a spending addiction. He had a shopping addiction. He spent over $12,000 on Amazon over a couple of years on really, really small items that added up over the long run. And he talks about how he stopped his online shopping addiction. And it's really, really fascinating. Also, episode 174 titled Be Intentional With Your Money with Anthony O'Neill. Anthony talks about how to find financial freedom and make better decisions with your money. Super, super enlightening, motivating conversation. And then when it comes to space and or keeping our spaces organized, which we just finished speaking about, I highly recommend episode 123. It's called Declutter and Organize the KonMari Way with Michelle Delory. She is a KonMari and decluttering expert. And so if you're looking to learn more about how to declutter your your home, uh, definitely check out that episode. And then episode 172, my favorite episode of all time, Discover Your Emotional Clutter Blocks and Magnets with Tracy McCubbin. She gets the root of our clutter problems. So you'll learn a lot about yourself in that discussion. Yeah, no, those are such great episodes. Oh, so great. And I, I really love that you touched on meditation and finding a sense of calm in the morning. I know that your fiance sometimes makes fun of you for... <laughs> <laughs> playing Eckhart Tolle yeah. out loud. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> he's like, what is this? Which is so funny. It's so cute. But it's something that helps you feel a sense of calm each day. And what I love about you is I know that in the evening when I'm contacting you, that you're reading a book, watching YouTube, and you have the candles on, you have the lighting. You're all about setting the mood, Lauren. And I appreciate that because I think that's how some of us can find a sense of calm. You know, setting the mood, putting on the lighting, you know, lighting candles reading, being in quiet can do wonders for how we feel that evening, but also the next day. Yeah. I was on Instagram the other day and this girl took a picture of her living room and it was so beautiful. She had the fireplace on and I was like, Oh, I wish I had a fireplace. And I was like, I have the fireplace channel. (laughs) So I put that on in red, but yeah, no, it's, it's so important having morning and nighttime routines. And one of the biggest things I, if I try to change my morning routine, I find that when my alarm goes off, I don't even want to get up because I'm like, I don't want to go do that morning routine. It's not fun. Like I don't look forward to it. Mm. So like having those routines that kind of get you up and get you out of bed and excited to start the day means so much and don't overcomplicate them. Like 
like I said, even I I've read that you shouldn't have coffee right when you wake up. And I tried not to do that. And I'm like, no, I'm having my coffee. When I wake up, I don't care. There's nothing more enjoyable to me than a coffee and a book to start my day. So I'm not doing that health thing. <laughs> and then I do a few times a week, I'll stream a workout and then I get ready and start work. Like it's so simple. It's not stressful. I look forward to it. And then at night I take a nice shower, make a cup of tea and I watch either Netflix or YouTube and it's, and then I go to bed. That's another thing. They're like no screens before bed. I'm like too bad. That's my one hour. I'm enjoying it. And then I, I go to sleep and I, I do get very tired while I'm watching it. And then once I get that, where I can barely close my laptop, I'm like time for bed. <laughs> so just having those routines intact. As you said, it's trial and error. It's finding yeah. what works for you. We can all find self-help information on what we need to do to better our lives. That's, you know, the top 20 things that you should do before you start your day. It's overwhelming. We just need to trial and error, find mm -hmm. what works for us. You know, you don't like to wait for your coffee. I've experienced the benefits of waiting 60 to 90 minutes. It's something that Andrew Huberman, neuroscientist, talks about how we actually avoid the later mid-afternoon crash by waiting a little bit later, but whatever works for you, you know, I like know. honestly, you know, th there's these recommendations, but everyone also is different, but yeah. Yeah. There's uh, just, I can't have a glass of water while reading my book. It just doesn't hit right. <laughs> I and I feel lost. And at 6am, like Kelly and I are in Toronto. It is dark here. Like it, it looks like the middle of the night. So if I'm like, if I don't get a coffee and a book, I'm going back to bed, take it or leave it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and um, yeah. you wake up so early. If I woke up when you wake up, I probably need a coffee at that time too. <laughs> <laughs> Although you go to bed much earlier than I do. Yes, I do. So speaking of uh, feeling more calm, you know, this lifestyle has inspired me to take more breaks. Uh, and also take a step back and a pause, as I said earlier in the episode, it's something I need to renovate my my life and, and reprioritize uh, what I'm working on. And taking breaks has is, is been really helpful. If I wasn't taking breaks in the middle of the day right, right now while I was working, I think I would be burnt out. I, I have been using the Pomodoro method of taking 25 minutes, taking a five minute break, so doing that four times and then, of course, taking a larger break over my lunch break, it's helped me really focus. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to get up after 50 minutes. And I'm like, nope, you need to sit here for 25 minutes. Then you get your five minute breaks. <laughs> so sometimes I need that motivation, especially working from home. Sometimes it can just like there there are distractions in my home. I try to remove most of the distractions. But sometimes I get distracted and I want to move my body and get up. I have started to meditate more and more and more. I love it, Lauren. It's really, really been helping me mentally so much. And I think it's also what helped me come to the realization that I need to make some changes in my life is meditating more, staring at the ceiling, looking out the window, as you would say. I know it's funny, it's laughable, but it's something I think more of us should do because we not a lot of us think to just be still. And I've been reading more. I just read T.K. Coleman, the minimalist T.K. Coleman's book, Emotional Clutter. Oh, I got to read that. Oh, it's, it's, it's free. It's online. You can check it out on their website. It is so well written. He is so deep and inspiring and philosophical. And I just, I just love the way he writes. As many of you know, I've interviewed him in the past. He is just such an amazing human and it's really helping me with my own emotional clutter. And I was thinking, I was like, wow, 
got to interview him again on this specific topic. So hopefully I do. And what I've also learned to feel more calm is when I'm feeling alone or just like in my head, I have lately been calling friends and specifically friends who make me feel better each time that I speak with them. Like be mindful of that. You know, when you want to feel a sense of calm, don't call a friend that's going to give you anxiety. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) You know, we all have, you know, those moments uh, with friends and then or family members, right? You know, sometimes I'll call a family member and I'm like, why did I do that? That was not smart. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're worried about this. Here's other things to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meditating's helped. Podcasts have also helped. I've li- started to listen to a few podcasts that are very, very calming. And I've just, again, started to be with my thoughts in quiet spaces. And um, that's been really helpful. And if you are looking to find more calm in your life, I highly recommend past episodes, episode 173, Become a Spiritual Minimalist with Light Watkins. He is a meditation teacher, spiritual leader. Definitely check him out. His work is amazing. And then episode 184 called Adopt Zen Habits with the amazing Leo Babauta. That's also one of my favorite episodes. He is the most calming human. I mean, he's he focuses on Zen habits. <laughs> what could be more calming? So definitely recommend that. And to go into the next area, I want to also talk about how to find greater focus. So something I realized is that exercise gives me the ultimate mental focus. Every time I exercise, I want to work immediately because my mind is so clear after I exercise. I feel so clear-headed and it makes me do my best work. And I continually also put my everyday distractions away. I put my phone away in my bathroom very, very often because again, most messages are not urgent. And I find that I do have background noise during the day because it is a busy city. It could be a little bit quiet. Um, So I do put on my headphones, my noise canceling headphones that really, really help. I've also started to prioritize my sleep, uh, which I never did really before. I am trying to go to bed at the same time every day. I've been hitting around 11 p.m. every night, which is really great. And, you know, it's really helped me boost my energy and help me focus a little bit better. And I've also tried to stop myself from multitasking, Lauren. We're always multitasking. We're always doing two things at once. Uh, Lately, I've been catching up with friends and I've told myself, you're not walking. Just lay on your couch and talk to your friends and be fully present. And- to I be like honest, you can walk and talk. No, you can. I I do that too still, but I find that I'll look at something, I'll get distracted, and just like with audiobooks, right? And you're doing two things at once, and so sometimes it's nice to call a friend and know that they're on the other end, just laying there talking to you and being fully present. None of us really do that anymore, and I miss that. Also. I just find that I'm always doing many things at once sometimes. And I just, I'm not giving the thing that I really want to focus on my full attention. And so I'm just really setting boundaries on parts of my life where I'm like, oh, I'll do this and this at the same time. And I've, I have a schedule that I follow. I, I have this time blocking method in my calendar that really, really helps me focus on what I need to be focusing on that hour, which is great. But I do find that sometimes I'll be messaging people while I'm supposed to be working. And I'm like, wait a second, this is taking up 10, 15 minutes of my time. And this is not urgent. Stop doing this. Like stop multitasking. This person does not need to hear from me immediately. So it's just about reminding myself about that. 
And, you know, again, to find greater focus, I really think it's, it's finding a system that works for you, uh, especially a night routine, a morning routine can make you just, just make your day so much more focused and you'll feel so much more, you'll feel a greater level of energy and concentration throughout the day. And if you do have struggles with finding good focus every day, because of all the distractions in your life, uh, I highly recommend past episodes, episode 97 called conquer distractions with near AL who wrote a book called indistractable and episode 135. One of our most popular episodes is called Break Up With Your Phone with Catherine Price. She helps you break up with your phone. Not literally, she just helps you manage your phone better so that you're using it for its benefits rather than overusing it and it impacting your life in a negative way. Yeah, so true. I can't multitask. Like I don't even try. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Even in real estate, like I feel like when I'm showing condos and I'm, I have all the keys, I'm trying to find the unit and people are asking me questions. They're like, oh, what are the amenities? And in my mind, I'm like, I can't answer that right now. I have to find where this unit is. Exactly. So I just, I cannot multitask at all. I, I can only focus on one thing. But yeah, there's a few different things I, I do to keep me focused. One of the things is when it comes to goal setting or whatever I'm working on, I try to make it fun Mm. because I feel like when it's fun, you're more likely to be more engaged in it, more interested in it. I'm reading the book, feel good productivity. And he talks a lot about that Um, as, as well. Mark Manson has a YouTube video. It's called what everyone gets wrong about goals. And one of the things he says in it is, you know, when you're setting goals, be like, how can I make this fun? So that really helps with my focus and just like genuinely wanting to get up and work on it. Also, when you set goals beside them, write why you want it. Cause it'll surprise you. Sometimes it's like, Oh, for validation or for status. Whereas other times it's like, Oh, cause I I genuinely like want to help people or I want to work on this or it interests me or it's fun or it's enjoyable. So understanding why you're doing things can help with your focus. And if you're really unfocused on it, it might because it's you're not going after it for the right reasons right and another thing I always have again in my notes section on my phone an overall running to-do list of things I need to do and then my daily to-do list which I just put the date of everything I need to work on so it keeps me working on the to-do stuff that I don't want to do like you know, mm-hmm. if you go to the dentist, you have to send that in for your benefits. It's like, it's such like a hassle, but you know, it's like, what can I, what's one thing I can do to do that? Like find the phone number, find the receipt. So you just get one step closer. And then, yeah, just having that daily to-do list. It's so nice when you finish at the end of the day and then you can just relax or you just delete it. Cause you're like, I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Absolutely. And I, I just, I just love that we are touching on a multitasking and how you can't So what I was mentioning earlier that I want to touch on is I find that the art of communication has been lost with people in many, many ways, because we're always doing two things at once. So when it comes to communication over text specifically, I do find that you're very present, Lauren. You are articulate, you're present, you take time to message someone back with intention most of the time. And I find that the majority of us, we don't. And we quickly say a few words and we skip words. We skip some punctuation. And 
it's unfortunate because I think communication is incredibly important and you will stand out from the pack if you take the time to communicate effectively, right? And so that is something that, you know, this lifestyle has helped me become or motivated me to become more present and take a pause and step back and slow down. And I'm trying to be better at that now. I'm trying to communicate better over text and even just in every day, you know, you don't need to rush a conversation. Just take a couple moments. Even if you're on a call with, you know, a phone or, or, or a bank, or like a phone provider or a bank, be nice and be specific with your questions. Say, this is my goal. Can you help me with this? You know, it's, it's just being clear in your communication helps so much. And I find it's, again, it, it's a lost art. And, um, yeah, I mean, I also feel like technology has made it easier for us to disconnect from each other and, that's unfortunate too, because we need social connection. You know, we, I was speaking to a friend yesterday who I modeled with overseas in Hong Kong, and we were both talking about, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I think this is important. We're both talking about how back in 2010 or 2011, when we were in Hong Kong together, everyone was so present. All of our friends were so present because yeah, we had phones, but we had little flip phones that we used as phones. And we just had conversations. No one was ever on their phone at the dinner table. We were always present. We would go dancing and no, no one had their phone out. It wasn't a thing. People had cameras out because people want to take pictures, but nobody had a phone. But then we we're thinking, oh, well, technology is so great because now we're able to still keep in touch because we have this technology, because we have these social media platforms. But I'm like, yeah, that's great. But aren't we so glad that we didn't have it in the days that we were, you know, out in the world with all of our friends? Because now we, yeah, it's just so interesting because I, I think, again, I feel like we're so connected, but at the same time, we are so disconnected. You know, I called a friend the other day, a mutual friend of ours, and it's like, oh, I haven't seen you forever. And she's like, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of my friends for a long time. I was like, oh, wow, like I had this idea that you're always with friends, but people aren't. A lot no. of us are alone and we're just communicating on our phones and we're maintaining our relationships through our phone, which is kind of nice. And lastly, I want to say I'm just going on a tangent here, but I find that we see too much of what other people are doing, especially with having a social media presence, like we're just seeing too much and it's causing so much mental clutter. So sometimes we just need to take a pause and just manage how much time we're spending on those social media platforms and just reflect on what do you really want in your life? What should you really be spending time on? What is distracting you? What is the noise that's getting in your way? And so it's a way to be more mindful of those things. It's a way to uncover those things that or, you know, affecting you. So yeah. No, because I love that you said that. It's so funny when you said um, our phones back in the day, remember when to text, you had to like press one, three times to get a C, like it, it would incredible. take hours to text. Yeah. So it's like, this is, I'm not going to do this. No, I should get that so phone long. again. Yeah. That was like back in, I would say that was probably back in 2007, 2008. It took yeah. so long to text someone. Oh my God. Imagine like that little flip screen, like scrolling that for hours. <laughs> oh so my gosh. Funny. I should get so that phone again. Funny. But do you remember the excitement that we got when we got a text? I remember my first text. I'm like, I don't even know how to text back. Oh, <laughs> it was one-sided with you. Yeah. I was like, sorry. I don't I'm like my, how my parents are with phones. They're like, I don't know how to do that. Oh my no, God. It's, it's so true though. I, I feel like I wanted to say something else about being mindful, but 
the thought has gone. <laughs> well, I mean, so we can go into our last section. It's really about. And- oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you had said that, you know, a, a lot of times with social media, we're exposed to so much and what other people are doing. I find that I'm a lot more like anxious and envious if I'm lost in my own life. But once I'm like working on things that I'm excited about, I don't care as much what other people are doing. It's like, oh, that's great. Yes. Like I- I'm working on these few things and I'm excited about them and I think they're fun. So like, teach their own. So sometimes that distraction can be your own feeling of just not knowing what you want to work on. Yes. Yes. And again, this lifestyle helps us clear the excess. So we have a better understanding of the path that we want to go in and the path that we want to follow. And this goes into the last section about how this lifestyle helps us really live more and For me, I just feel like I have so many great deep relationships with people and it's all thanks to this lifestyle because it's helped me make time to invest in my friendships, my relationships. And I just, I feel more at peace with myself. Uh, I feel like I'm more mindful in communication. I feel like I've become a better listener. And these are all the skills that I'm gaining by, you know, not buying things to fulfill me. Instead, I'm going out and having experiences with people. And you know what I've thought about recently is, you know, if there are things in your home that are collecting dust and maybe they're expensive items, maybe think about selling that item and spending that money on an experience instead. You know, experiences glow a long way. I always say at the end of the day, you want to grow as a person. The things that you buy are not going to make you grow. It's the experiences that you have And some experiences you can invest in are, you know, self-care days, you know, go to a concert, sign up for an educational course, take a dance lesson, pursue those bucket list items in life versus just buying something that's going to have some excitement in your life maybe for a couple of weeks. But then most of the time, those things that you buy are fleeting. So it's it doesn't last that long versus you can invest in yourself and become a better person so that. When you're out in the world, that's what's special about you. I always say it goes back to you. If everyone's like naked in a room, there's nothing that shows any status. It's just you sitting there and communicating. It's like, wow, who's the most interesting person in the room? The most interesting people in the room are the people who have pursued things and had experiences in life and can find that sense of connection with other people. That's what life is all about, connecting with other people. Going back to Nurse Headley, the hospice nurse, I'll put Mm -hmm. the link for the YouTube video. We'll put it in the show notes. But another thing she said that, you know, these people at the end of their lives, one of their biggest regrets was that they they wish they didn't chase material things. They wish they chased happy memories. So wow, it's that way. That's what you're going to look back on your life, not the sweaters you bought that you didn't (laughs) wear. Exactly. That's it. And, you know, this this lifestyle helps you live more because it helps you gain the space and the time back to pursue your curiosities, as TK Coleman would mention. It helps you create the space to figure out, oh, yeah, like maybe I want to pursue this or maybe I want to pursue this. It's trial and error to figure out what that is. I think this lifestyle also helps us let go of the things that we can't control as well. It helps us find a, a level of contentment that is important. I always used to think that contentment was a bad thing, but contentment is actually a really good thing. It's good to feel at peace because if you're always feeling like you're on eggshells, like walking on eggshells, that's not good. 
<laughs> you yeah. don't want to be in that anxious state all the time. And we also, you know, this lifestyle has inspired me to make more time for play, making time to just do nothing, have fun with friends and family, just enjoy life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, we're kind of both workaholics and we love to work all the time, but sometimes just like, no, like don't work, go do something fun. <laughs> like yeah. we're also fun people, but at the same time, I think we end up overworking ourselves at times and we have to remind ourselves, no, like go out for a friend, like go out for a walk and just listen to something fun on your phone, listen to a nice podcast and just be with yourself and enjoy yeah. life. Sometimes the things that I'm I'm working on are a lot of fun to me though. Like there's That's times good. when I'm like writing or like doing a comedy course or like building the closet course. I I'm like, I would so much rather be doing this than like watching TV or like having go. a drink. So it's yeah, you know, it's like give and take. But um and and the beauty of this lifestyle too is that it you don't necessarily have to replace anything. It's like if you sell something, you can just put money in savings. If you, you know, decline a a plan or an event, you can just stay at home and relax. There's still beauty in like having a savings account. You sleep better. There's still yeah. beauty in relaxing and getting your sleep. So you don't always have to replace stuff. There's just so many benefits of clearing the schedule and chilling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say like the biggest benefit of the idea of like living more is that it's, it's helped me be more present with myself, with other people. And that's, the most beautiful thing. I also want to mention that there are episodes I'd like to recommend as well. So if you are looking to understand more about the benefits of this lifestyle and how it helps you live more, check out Follow Your Curiosity with TK Coleman. That's episode 151. Also check out episode 176. It's called Overcome Social Pressures and Embrace Contentment with Jamie Varon. She talks about how to be radically content and how contentment is a really good thing. And episode 131, where you and I, Lauren, we interviewed Celeste Headley. It's called Break Away from Overworking, Overdoing, and Underliving. And she talks about the importance of play. And lastly, episode 126, Overcome Distraction and Pursue a More Meaningful Life with Joshua Becker. Joshua, fellow minimalist thought leader, he talks about how to live more with less. That is, that's his main focus. So Definitely check out that episode and also check out his own, his own works. His website is becoming a minimalist. If you want to oh. check him out, he is fantastic. We'll have to have him on the podcast again. It was when you were living in your old apartment, Lauren, that we interviewed him. So that was yeah. a couple, few years ago now. So we should definitely, I remember when we first interviewed him, he's like, why did you wait so long? <laughs> Which I loved. I know that was so, I remember like screenshotting that and sending it to you and you're like, yay. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I love it. He's the best. I'm so excited to interview him again. And uh, we, I'm also going to share a post on Instagram asking you for your minimalist lifestyle tips because I want to hear your tips as well. We want to share your, our listeners tips. And if you're not on social media, you can email us at millennialminimalist at gmail.com. Send us a few lines about some of your tips that have helped you live simply and have benefited you in your everyday. And yeah, I'm sure we have so many more minimalist lifestyle tips to share, but uh, we'll leave it there for now. That was a lot of fun, Lauren. Yeah, that um, was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. I felt like, you know, we shared a lot of tips today, but we also got into our own experiences, which I hope are super relatable and uh, help people feel like they're not alone out there. So, yes. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll speak with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening. We hope that you learned a few more ideas about how you can further simplify various areas of your life so that you can de-stress and live more. And as we shared, even the tiniest little changes can simplify your everyday. And if you enjoyed this episode and you may know someone who could benefit from learning more about the ways that they can simplify their life, please share it with them. And as always, you can learn more about us on our website at mastersimplicity.com, where you can find links to our closet decluttering e-guide and Lauren's brand new closet course to help you simplify your closet for good. And a big thank you to those of you who have taken a moment to write us a kind five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love hearing more about how you are enjoying the podcast and your reviews also help more people find out about us that we can further spread the word about the benefits of living a minimalist lifestyle. And lastly, I want to let you know that we have decided to move to a bi-weekly schedule starting next week so you can look forward to our next release every other Monday. And we can assure you more exciting new episodes are to come. So thanks again for listening and I will speak with you soon. Bye-bye.